There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Friends, I've got to tell you a story, but I don't have the time because we're already running late. You know, when you run into situations like this and you can't seem to figure out the technical difficulties, I always believe that that means that the enemy is trying to hinder this message that is going to go out today. And that kind of falls in line with... uh, My guest's latest book, it's a fantastic book, In the Secret Place for God and You Alone, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter. Otis, thank you so much for joining me again here on WCN-TV. It's my pleasure. It really is, Mike. Thank you for having me back. I love talking to you. Yes, it's good. always good to talk to you, brother. And I told you before we went on the air, I would probably mention this. Uh, I've got several of Otis's books in my library, at, at least three that I th- can think of right off the top of my head and and probably a fourth or fifth. But this one is my favorite. And I know, folks, you hear me say that a lot, that you got to get the book. You got to get the book. Well, I'm telling you, this is a this is a must get book. Thank you, producer, for putting those books up there uh, in the secret place. Wow. I I actually, and I told my wife this, I'm going to pass this on to her when we're done uh, speaking today, Otis. I said, you need to read this book. And I said, I'm going to contact Otis and get some copies because I want to pass these out to folks that I believe would, would be blessed by it in the secret place. It's a quick read. Um, but, oh, is there some depth in the brevity? That's That's the sign of a very good very good author, but also um, a brother or a sister who has walked what they write about. And I'm so grateful to to know you and have known you in the last few years. And and I know that the things that you wrote, you actually experienced them. So you were writing from a, from a deep well, and that was very, very impressive. 
it, it's my life's verse. Actually, it's my life's chapter, Psalm 91. Mm. And I have lived with it since childhood. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Otis, and, and I don't want to give anything away from the book. I do want to talk about it in, in depth in the time that we have. Um, but one of the things we allow to to prevent us from from entering into the secret place and and we'll have you define what that is and why it's important um is our schedules is our is our busyness and and here in in this nation at least and I, and I think I'm going to speak generally from what I know and folks uh if you're out there and and you believe something different then please let me know but American culture, especially, and I think it's also true among among the Japanese, that they wear busyness as as sort of a badge of honor. That they think they their 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 identity is tied up in what they do. And for Americans, uh, we know that's true because one of the first things we ask people, especially men, when we meet them, is, "Well, what do you do?" Meaning what's your occupation or your vocation or so we're interested in that. But if we get too wrapped up in that, Otis, we're going to miss out on what God really calls us to is to abide with him in that secret place. Won't we? Yes. Yes, we will. And the beauty of the secret place, Mike is um, in the, in the old Testament, when David was writing about the secret place, he called it a pavilion. And if you study, the the context of that they actually had a place they would be seated in a particular place if you cross the 400 years of silence and you get into the new testament jesus talks about the secret place and he calls it a closet um and he says get into your closet and in that secret place if you commune with god the things that are done in secret then they will be rewarded openly and um that's what the 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 secret place god has always had for us the beauty of it is in 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 psalm 91 and i talked to some hebrew scholars we have a seminary here close it's a mennonite seminary we've got some great professors in there talking to a, a hebrew scholar he told me that psalm 91 uh it when it says he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and then there's no less than 18 promises that he has for those that dwell in that secret place but he said going back to the secret place there's a redundancy in the hebrew there and he said actually it would read there is a secret place place he that dwells in the secret place place so there is a place where that secret place is and as I said in the Old Testament, it was on pavilion. The New Testament was in a closet. But actually, it's more spiritual than it is physical. And God has created it inside each one of us. And even if you have a busy schedule, and um, doesn't matter where you go, doesn't matter uh, in in the under the age of grace that we we find ourselves under, doesn't matter where you go or how busy you are your secret place is with you it's there um so you don't have to find a closet you don't have to find a pavilion you don't have to you don't have to interrupt your world looking for a place you carry it with you it's down deep inside you it's past the bone it's past the muscle it's past the sinew it's so far deep within you 
you're the only one that can go there and got with God. It is out of Satan's reach. Your wife can't go there. Your spouse can't go there with you. Your children can't go there with you. Your pastor can't go with you, there with you. Your teacher can't go there with you. Only you and God can enter that secret place. I see it much like the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament, where only the priest, high priest could go. Anybody else entering uh, would immediately uh, be eliminated. And the secret places we have it now eliminates everybody except you and God. And it is designed specifically for you. And he wants to do important ministry kingdom work in that secret place with you. And then that opens all kind of doors for uh, uh, all kind of questions for us to answer at that point. Yes, yes, yeah, it sure does. And so what we're talking about, friends, is is uh, more than just prayer. It's, it's more than just um, it's more than just going through. Listen. People have praying styles, styles of prayer. That That is especially true, uh, I have observed over the years, corporate prayer in the body. Um, certain people pray in certain styles and in certain cadence, and they say certain things. And what, what Dr. Otis is talking about here is communing intimacy with you yeah. and the you and the Father in that place. And I'll tell you, it was one one of a vision that came to to me as I was reading your book is is that place where um, allegedly high ranking government officials can go to this place that's in this cocoon or 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 enclosure where no outside. Uh, interference can penetrate no eavesdropping there's there's nothing mm -hmm. that can stop their conversation within and i i got that picture in my mind and said wow yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly just, right that's just me and the father and i, and I think it. It, it goes without saying that, that this is vitally important to every one of us in our spiritual lives and and the father wants us to experience that doesn't he Oh, he desires it more than us, uh, I think. Uh, he, he created us to have a relationship with him. He paid the ultimate price so that what separates us can no longer separate us. And he can have that, he can have that intimacy with us. But here's the point, And I start the book out with this because I think everybody, everybody can relate to this. That doesn't it make sense? that if Satan has spent his millenniums on this earth trying to steal God's glory, isn't it, doesn't it make sense that he will busy himself, this is the way I said it, he will busy himself trying to thwart God's purpose in your life. He, he came to steal and to kill, and that, that includes every one of us, whatever God has for us. And it, it, he constantly stands in opposition to God's purpose in the life of a believer. And the last thing he wants from us to discover, wants for us to discover is the secret place, because it's a place that he is shut out of. Yes. He cannot read our thoughts. Now, a lot of people, Mike, give Satan the attributes of God. 
Satan does not have the attributes of God. He would love to have them. And there's a, it's a whole nother story to talk about. AI may give him those physical attributes to know where everybody is and that sort of thing. But he's an individual just like you and me. He's an angel, but he's individually created. He does not have om, omnipresence. He does not have uh, uh, omnipotency, all-powerful. And he does not have omniscience. He is not all-knowing. He cannot read your thoughts. He doesn't know what you and God are communing about. And that's the most important thing for us to understand about that secret place, because God has ministry, kingdom work he wants to do through us. And he wants to reveal it to us so that it is out of Satan's reach, so it can grow and get legs before it's exposed to, uh, to the um, well, to the onslaught of the devil. Uh, he can, if he doesn't know what's happening, if he doesn't know what's going on in the secret place, then he can't come against us. Now, that's not to say that he's not influ He's influential. He is smart. He knows human nature. He knows how we react and how we act, and he can tempt us that way. But he cannot know for sure what's going on inside us. And I use this, as as you said, I use this because sometimes we get excited about what's going on inside, and we begin to share what God is is mm -hmm. revealing to us in the secret place. We begin to share that openly, and when we share that openly, guess who else can hear? Mm -hmm. not just the people around you, but the spirit world can hear. Um, and I've had people say, well, if God wants to make the devil blind to what I'm doing, if he wants to make him deaf to what I'm doing, he could do it. And I say, yes, you're right. He can do that. But also, if you, if you, walk, if you walked onto a train track and you knew a train was coming and you prayed, God, you're powerful enough to stop this train. Is he powerful enough to do that? Yes, he is. Will he do that? Likely not, because he's given you the smarts, the, the intelligence in your mind not to do that. So if you stand there and pray to him and you're going to suffer the ultimate if you don't use your own smarts and get off of that. So we have to use the intelligence that God has given us to know he's given us a secret place and that secret place is to remain secret until it gets legs enough to grow. For instance, one of the things in in the scripture is Daniel. Um, when he was uh, in, in captivity, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he went to his wise men and he told them in that dream, I, uh, I've had a dream. I need you to interpret it for me. They say, oh, that's no problem. Tell us what you dreamed. And we'll give you the interpretation. He said, no, I know you guys. I know you guys. And I, I, I know uh, you're, you're wily. You tell me what I dreamed and then tell me the interpretation. And if you can tell me what I dreamed, I'll believe your interpretation. And, of course, that frightened them. And they said, well, we can't do that. And he, he said, well, I'll tell you what. If you don't, I will burn your houses down and I will cut your heads off. That, that's motivation. <laughs> and they said, we know a guy. And they went to Daniel. But they told Nebuchadnezzar, only those that dwell with God can do that. Meaning, they're likely not dwelling with God. Mm -hmm. So they went to Daniel. Daniel said, don't worry, I'll go to the king and I'll take care of this. He went to the king. 
and he told the king, um, "I can, I can. Uh, you give me some time alone with my God, and I will give you your answer." And so he said, "Okay." Daniel didn't go to his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, "Hey, guess what I get to do? Guess what God's going to do with me? I'm with the king. I get I get to interpret a dream." He didn't do that. He went straight to his secret place, where he went every day, and he knelt in in a vision the secret place, God revealed to him the dream and the interpretation. After God had revealed that to him in the secret place, he did not go back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, guess what God told me? I've got it because guess who else can hear? And half the kingdom was at stake. If if the wise men knew, can, can the devil communicate like that? Yes, he can. We find that in the book of Luke. Um, in the man who was possessed with seven devils. And when they were cast out, they went out, they communicated with all the others and said, that's a good place to be. Let's go back. And twice as many came back. They communicate, they have a way of communicating and come back to him. And he was twice as bad as he was before. So the devil has the ability to communicate between his minions in order to thwart God's plan in our life if he knows what that plan is but in daniel's case he didn't know what it was because it was revealed in the secret place and daniel kept it in the secret place till he was on the proper stage at the proper time where only god could get the glory yes and he revealed it that's the secret place mary was revealed to mary in the secret place before she went to see elizabeth that she kept it all in her heart she pondered it in her heart, in her secret place. Joseph was told to take Jesus to Egypt in the secret place, because guess who else was listening? There was a king that wanted to kill all the children. God knows what that secret place is for, and he gives it to us in order for him to communicate with us and through us. And I think sometimes we set it aside, we put it away, we don't give any credence to it. I wrote this book so we would get back to the place where God wants to meet with me and you and anybody that uh, any of his children to meet with them out of Satan's reach. Yes. And that's so important. It, it really is. And that's good, good explanation. Um, we know Jesus is our example in all things. And how many times can you recall as you're reading through the gospels that, that Jesus went off to a remote place so that he would have that time with the father where they could just commune in that secret place. I, I find that a very, very a good illustration notice. And, and it is so true of us. And you said at the beginning, I, I, I think what if, 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 we're going to uh, uh, fight a war, say America's going to fight a war and they need to fight it. They've been goaded into that war. What would it be like? And what, what would we think of leadership if the Joint Chiefs of Staff got in the Situation Room, they got in that room where there's no, there is, the privacy cannot, uh, cannot be invaded. And they start talking about the, um, plans uh, to counter the attack. What would it be if they said, hey, 
we think we ought to invite the terrorist group in. They ought to be in on this. They ought to know what they're getting into. And they invited them into the room and they learned all of the plans, the sorties that are going to be flown, the, the weapons that are going to be used. They gave them to the enemy. As soon as they got out of the room, they would be communication back to our enemy that would all, all of a sudden would know exactly what we were going to do and could counter what we were doing. And I think when we when we meet in the secret place and God says something to us and, and gives us something he wants specifically for us to do, and he does that, he does, he does do that, yeah. that we go out and we immediately begin to share it with others before it even gets a, a chance to take root. Um, you know, they have a saying in the military, loose lips sink ships. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we give the devil all the information he needs, and then he's got a leg up on how to thwart what God is doing to us and through us before it even gets started. And uh, I've seen that so many times in my counseling. Um, yeah. uh, and I put that in the book, uh, some of those things in the book. Yes. Yeah. That's, and I thought that was very good. It, it uh, broadens the context of the points that you're making uh, in the book. Otis and and one of them it was a it was an example of um, uh, marriage counseling counseling a a young wife that hadn't been married that long and uh, already there were there were issues within the marriage and and uh, you zeroed right in on on part of the part of the problem and and that was well who are you speaking to are you speaking to anyone else about what you perceive to be the issues and um the lady admitted that she had so i'll let you pick it up from there and explain how that fits yeah i I was teaching i was teaching her this principle in in marriage counseling um what, what she was doing instead of instead of going to the father instead of getting in her secret place she was going to people to get counsel from them and there's nothing wrong with that i think you should do that but in the course of it, she was uh, just spilling everything that she thought was wrong with the marriage, everything that her husband doing, was doing that was wrong. And, uh, uh, and she, she spilled it out loud. And I, I asked her, uh, I, I said, you know, getting counsel is a good thing. Um, but the Bible says that there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. There is. But have you tried first? Before you did any of the other things, did you try letting God just talk to you privately and and give you some insight as to what to uh, what was going on in the marriage and what you could do? And she said she, she did not. What she immediately did is is go and spill her guts to everybody. And, and in doing so, she. Um, she diminished her husband's uh, ability because then they talk to their husbands and they talk to them and this is what your wife is doing. And it comes in circle. And it seems like that was, that was a lost cause from the very beginning. And I said to her, what you really need to do is you need to go into your secret place. You need to talk with the father. You need to let him reveal to you where you are now. And then in revealing to you where you are, he will move you to what you need to do to um, uh, be able to uh, talk to your husband and then get a, a solution to this. And, and she didn't do that. 
as she went on and as a result of the worst happened. Um, that's one of the first things I do when somebody comes in to counsel. I try to teach them this particular lesson. Uh, it's what I prayed all my life. It's how I have, uh, uh, it's how my prayer life is. Uh, I first pray uh, to God uh, alone in the secret place. I don't pray out loud, particularly, particularly in, in very important situations. And I'll give uh, in this in, in the book, I give that that particular story that I was. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. This story is one of the reasons I wrote the book, because I I was very happy in ministry in Southern California. My wife and I, we had proved ourselves in ministry. We had been there a long while. We, we were professors at a college and and we loved the the kids, call them kids that, that we had influence with. And we were very happy where we were. And I got a call from my dad one day. He pastored a church in Fresno, California. And I answered the phone on a Sunday afternoon while we were trying to take a nap after church. And, uh, and it was dad. And he said, uh, son, I want you to know the church voted today 100% to call you as pastor of this church. Well, there was a long silence. And I said, well, two things, Dad. First, I wasn't uh, candidating. And second, I'm really happy where I am. And he said, well, uh, you've got a decision to make, don't you? And he hung up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I went back to take to finish my nap and my wife said who was that I said it was dad it was pops she said what did he want I said you don't want to know because I know my wife had told me she did not want to move to Fresno we had been up here where dad was we didn't particularly like we didn't see the good good sides of it we only saw the not so good sides and it was hot and it was not a place you'd want to want to live and my my wife that'd be the last place she'd want to go i didn't say anything to her i just in my own heart in my secret place i spoke with god when he began to work with me that that's where he wanted me to go deep in my secret place i didn't talk to anybody else i didn't go to my friends and get counsel first i want counsel from god first and so i went to him and i said you're moving in my heart and before i move this any further I know if you're moving in my heart that this is where I should be. You can move in Gail's heart, my wife's heart. Mm -hmm. And I'll wait for you to do that. And until then, I'm not going to think anything else about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't say it to anybody. I didn't. Nobody knew what God was doing in my heart. One day I was in my office pushing some papers and uh, my wife walked in. I, I kept the door open in the office complex there. And she shut the door behind her. <laughs> I don't know about you, Mike, but if my wife shuts the door, I'm thinking, uh-oh. Uh, and my mind goes to, what have I done? What have I said? Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's the first thing I went to. Then she walked over to my desk, stood in front of my desk and put her hands on her hips. That further let me know I'm in trouble. And I looked up at her and she said, she told me later, I said, what? And what she said to me was, Otis, if God ever calls you to go to Fresno, let's go. <laughs> we had never talked about it. Nothing ever. Uh, she did not know that was in my heart. So we went and talked to our kids about it. 
And our kids said, Dad, if that's where God leads you, we've got to be where God leads you. Now, he gave me clarity. The secret place, Mike, God uses many times to give you clarity. I needed that clarity because when I got here, I found the church was unhappy church and an unhealthy church. And two weeks in after my wife and I had wept because of what we left, I needed that clarity to know I, I can't, this is where God wants me. I had three other churches ask me to come candidate the first three months I was in Fresno churches that I would have gladly pastored. But because of the clarity God gave me in my secret place, I didn't even consider them because I knew this is where he wanted me. And um, uh, so I, I just, I, I, I want other people to discover and to use their secret place because it's just so vital in the kingdom work and it and it makes Satan the last to know. Yes. And you know the the last to know is the one that can do the least about it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. You know that that situation with uh, the call to Fresno uh Otis uh, communing with God in the in the secret. This is talking about deep, intimate prayer, listening, yes. communication. Um, it does clarify the Lord's will for us. It was crystal clear; became crystal clear to Gail. Uh, however, you you mentioned in the book, and I thought this was a great point. Um, communing with God, having that intimate, secret place, ongoing conversation. Where, where he is, he is ministering to you actually, and and preparing you for for the plans that he has for you. Having having that advantage and understanding clearly still doesn't make it easy, though, does it? Oh, oh no! Um, I can't imagine how difficult it would be. Uh, it would have been for me had I not had that here. Um, um, the church really was. Uh, it really was in, in, in bad shape. I didn't even know. I didn't know about it. Um, and uh, I can't imagine if I didn't have that co- communion with God where I trusted him mm-hmm. totally. Yep. You know what you're doing. You sent us here. Um, I, I would have missed the blessing of seeing it and being where this church is now. It's the only church I've ever pastored. I've been here 38 years. God called me here when I was 38 year old. And I've been here 38 years, and this is a great church. And I would have missed all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And um, plus, I could I could go into so many other things. And one of the things I don't, I don't want to miss on the epilogue, um, Mike. I I want to I want to say your secret place is an intimate place that God wants to meet you. Yes. And. In, in this intimacy, and I hope people won't understand uh, what uh, and won't misunderstand what I'm saying, but it has something to do with the intimacy of marriage because he talks about it in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. He says, you love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He puts that together with him and his people and his church. And it, 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 and he he puts it in a marriage relationship context. And you see that all through Ephesians 5. 
uh, the, the husband love your wife, wife see to it she respects, children obey, fathers don't make your children angry. Mm-hmm. All of that is in, in context of family. And he's talking about somehow the secret place, his, his relationship with you is somehow like the relationship between a husband and a wife. And if you think that, yeah, I sit down and I, I thought that through, what would that look like? Uh, and people will say to me, well, you're saying I should not pray out loud. You're saying I should only pray in the secret place. No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there is intimacy in, in the secret place that you should use. That may only be 10% of your prayers. 95% of your prayers may be out loud. But there is there are that number, whatever that number is, whatever that percentage is, where he only wants to deal with you and you alone. It's 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 like a marriage. If I could say this, there's intimacy in a marriage and your intimacy in a marriage. You don't talk about the minute a, a guy starts talking to the guys about his intimacy in his marriage. He mm. destroys that intimacy. Yes. The minute a, a girl starts talking with the girls about the intimacy in a marriage, she destroys that intimacy. That intimacy is something that's between only those two and it should remain there. Uh, but it's not 100% of your life. It may only be 5 or 10% of your life. And the other 95% of your marriage is lived out loud to the world to see. Yeah. But here's the thing. When somebody looks at, at me and, and Gail, I don't have to talk about the intimacy. They see we've got three children. They know there's been intimacy because there's offspring. And you can't have offspring if there's not been intimacy. And so they know there's been intimacy. You don't even have to ask. My question to, to my, my church here is this. When somebody looks at you in your relationship to God, is there proof of that intimacy between you and God? Is there any offspring that have come from that intimacy that looks like him? What ministry comes out of that secret place? That's what he wants. He wants to do his work through you. And so what has come out of that intimacy with God in the secret place that now looks like him and, and works toward the kingdom? I, I think it, it, this, it goes so deep and I so want people to understand this that I think we're missing I think a lot of people are missing things, divine appointments, things God wants them to do because they don't understand this issue of intimacy with God and the secret place and how it works. Does that make sense? It sure does, Otis. And I, I'm I'm thinking as you're you're speaking and trying to understand, trying to hear, trying to make sure we hear clearly, trying to clarify what we believe God is saying to us, um, sometimes that leads people to putting out a fleece. And, and I know that's a that's yeah, a yeah. phrase that, that we are familiar with as Christians, uh, laying a fleece out before the Lord. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a very dangerous thing. And I think we should be considerate very seriously before we do that. What What are your thoughts? Because you speak about that in the book. Yeah, I, I don't think this is laying out a fleece. I, I don't think 
constant intimacy with God is laying out a fleece. A fleece to me is when you haven't, you've had had no intimacy and you're and you don't trust the voice that you're hearing. You don't trust the prompting. If I could say the prompting that you're hearing, you don't trust it. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have to go further outside that secret place and do something that's not secret in the secret place, do something outside the secret place and say, I'm going to lay this fleece here. You make it wet and all the ground dry, or you make it dry and all the ground wet and all of that. I, that, that is different than constant communication with God and knowing those promptings and those promptings, I think is what we get. I'm, I'm not telling people I hear the voice of God in my ear. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not on medicine or anything like that, that I hear voices. I, I don't, but that prompting and in being in the scripture and that prompting really um, uh, works together so that you hear, for instance, in the book I talk, I talked about one day uh, when we were building this church here in Fresno, one of the things I would do to build it is if we had new people come, my wife and I would get in the car and we would go, we would go to their house and, and visit with them, you know, and tell them how much we appreciate them coming and that sort of thing. And I thought one, one evening uh, there'd been a couple of couples that had come and I said, you know, I'd just like to go out and just stop by and just, if we just stand at the door and just tell them how good, how good it was to have them. She said, okay. So we, we got ready and we went and, and, in either of the cases nobody was home so we we were headed back home when she said you know i've been thinking about keith and god's had him on my heart all day while we're out you think we could just go by and see him keith was a neighbor i had been witnessing to and had run into the lord and his family were going through some things and they just actually lived down the street from us so we turned into our street instead of stopping our house. We went on down to Keith's house and um, stopped in front of his house. And I went and knocked on his door. And I knocked on his door. When he opened the door, he his jaw dropped. And uh, I said, well, hey, Keith, how's Diane? And, she, and he said, uh, I was just on my knees praying that God would send somebody to help me with questions that I have. And here you are. <laughs> that's listening to the prompting of God mm -hmm. that happened in the secret place yes. of my wife. And, and she said, why don't we go see that prompting came? I think God gives us those promptings all the time uh, because he uses, he uses us to do his kingdom work. He has, he has voluntarily stepped aside so that we can do the actual work. Uh, but he's with us and those promptings he gives us, I think, are in that secret place. And, and and once you're in it, once you use it, you begin to trust it. You don't need that fleece. You yeah. trust those promptings that he gives you. Yeah, that's right. And when you when you arrive at that place, you become a very serious threat to the devil, don't you? You do. <laughs> but I love it. I love it that he doesn't know what God is saying to me. Yes. And I'm thinking it must drive him crazy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, you talk about um, in the book towards towards the end of the book, Otis. You talk about secret place uh, being more than than a place of physical safety and more of a place of 
of spiritual rest, spiritual rest, yeah. that, that sweet communion uh, with the Father, just you and him, no outside interference, right. you know, distractions, all of that. I think that I think David in this in the psalmist talked about that a lot, didn't they? They it, David did. I think David understood this as well as anybody understood it. Being a musician, I know musicians, they have deep thoughts, they have deep feelings, they feel things deep. Artists feel things very deep, and sometimes it comes out on canvas, it'll come out in lyrics of a song, it'll come out, um, it, 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 you know, in, uh, for, for David, it came out in, in words and lyrics. Um, and we see all of that deep communion he had with God in the lyrics of the songs that he gave to us. And he, and he was, uh, after he's already passed, he was very, um, well, he's moved by the spirit to let us see into his life in those times he had with God. And he talks about the secret place, the protection that's there, the pavilion he sets him on, the, the, the times when he had his eye on David and he protected him from things. And, but there were times when God waits a little while. He doesn't always just give you the answer right away. And there are times he just asks God, well, how long? You know, I'm here. I'm waiting. How long? How long are you going to wait for me? And sometimes God does wait. My dad used to tell me, son, God is never late. But let me tell you, he is seldom early. <laughs> and and uh, we get we get those impatient feelings of, mm -hmm. OK, God, wait. But when you're communing with him in the secret place, there's a willingness to wait because he's been faithful in revealing things to you before and he'll be faithful again. That's the place where peace and calmness and comfort all uh, uh, away from Satan's reach and away from the culture's reach, away from everything, yes. dwelling in that secret place. Yes, amen. I've been speaking with author and friend, Dr. Otis Ledbetter. The book is in the secret place. I highly recommend the book to you. Um, and it is on, uh, is it available on your website, Otis? It is on the website, yes. Joledbetter.com, folks. Joledbetter.com, available uh, from, from Otis and the ministry. Um, <laughs> it was a, is a fantastic book, friends. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, th there are not very many books, Otis, that when, when I'm finished reading it, I encourage my wife, Kathy, to read. But I, I told, in fact, she came into my office today. And she said, hey, I want that book in the secret place. And I said, you can't have it until after tonight when I'm talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't wait to get to it because I had highly recommended it too. So, Otis, I, I really appreciate you, brother, your heart for the Lord and sharing this because, uh, oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this because I know some folks, they've listened and they thought, well, that's all well and good. But I've got this, 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 that. So, so reasons why I would find it difficult to follow the things um, you call it life litter. Yes, life, life litter. litter. I, I I love that phrase. So, how do people deal? What is life litter? How do they deal with that 
in order to get to the secret place and that'll be our final well I, I, that's a good question and I, I i like jesus does i'd like to answer it with a story yes um <laughs> we we all just before we opened you were asked to to uh shut down your computer and restart your computer mm -hmm. one of the things that does is that gets rid of all the litter on the computer and it allows your computer to open up again without whatever it bothering is bothering it we get in our life what's called life litter circumstances problems 90 percent of which will never happen to you and it, it keeps us away from getting in that secret place with him and i think every once in a while we just need to refresh our life and you refresh it in the scriptures, but we we need to get rid of the life litter that is blocking uh, blocking success in our intimacy with God, um, just like we do off of a computer. You got to clean your computer every once in a while. Too much stuff gets on there. You have to clean your life every once in a while. And no better place to do that than in the secret place. Get rid of that unnecessary stuff in your life that's keeping you from god amen amen yeah that was a that was a very good example i appreciated that so friends again i've been speaking with dr otis ledbetter the book is in the secret place it's available on his website joledbetter.com i'm i'm gonna make a prediction here once you read it you're gonna want to pass it on to somebody because it blessed you so much Otis, again, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. God bless you. God bless you. That's all we have for you today, friends. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing this show on your platforms and with your friends and encourage them. Get the book. God bless you. We'll see you next time here on WCN-TV. Mm -hmm.